the lodge where old and new friends gather for discussion and camaraderie, where the serious and trivial are debated with equal intensity. So pull up a chair to the fire and welcome to the Southern Lodge. Hey everybody, today is the 18th episode of the Southern Lodge podcast. It's just myself, me, myself, and I today, Danny and Aaron, uh, aren't going to be on. had a little bit of personal issues going on with the family stuff, so I wasn't able to get a pod going with them. But they did give me their picks for this week, so I'll go over them. They are pretty much picking the games the same way. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm also coming down with a cold, or have a cold, that someone uh, gave me last weekend uh, at the Mississippi State-Auburn game. I'll go over that a little bit, too, because we did a little tailgating with the uh, Southern Lodge crew but first of all, let's go and talk about the games from last week. And I think everybody knows what I'm talking about. You had big old bad Auburn going into a Mississippi State team that was reeling. I mean, they had just been humiliated two weeks in a row. First off, they get blown out by Kentucky. Where they score three points against Kentucky, it was 28-3. Wasn't even close. And then... You could see that one trap game before big old Florida comes in, who's got your old coach. And then you just lay the egg that you did, 13-7. to You lose 13-7 to at home. Well, it was flying a little high uh, at Mississippi State, or it wasn't flying as high, I should say. Uh, a lot of Mississippi State fans, uh, not a lot. I'd say there was probably between like five to 8,000 people that didn't show up at the game. Uh, that's how – Danny and myself were able to go. Aaron, uh, Aaron's family has season tickets, and about half of their group decided not to go to the game because they didn't want to see a loss. Uh, so Danny and I took those tickets, and we were hoping to have a good game. We we're going to do a little tailgate and have some fun. Uh, all three of us picked Auburn to win, and obviously we got that wrong in a big way. Um, but Danny wasn't high on Auburn. Aaron wasn't high on Mississippi State. And as y'all know from our previous episode, uh, I had to teach Aaron a little something-something about facts and what Nick Fitzgerald was doing this year compared to last year. And I will say, State fans, they root for their team hard when they're good, but there were some fair-weather fans that I was hearing all around me all day. Um, Mississippi State with Dan Mullen was the same thing they are this year, running quarterback. You know, get get the quarterback and the running backs going, throw when you can, use a little play action. But I guess since they lost two games in a row, they were running quarterback draws, and the fans around us were just going crazy because they were like, oh, it's another quarterback draw. And I just I looked at Danny at one point, and I was like, these are the same plays that Dan Mellon run. What is wrong with these people? And he, he said he didn't know. Maybe it was too many cowbells clanging in their ears with scrambling their brains. I don't know, but – Danny Danny was taking some aspirin before the game, trying to deal, trying to get his headache under control before it even started. I will say, Mississippi State fans, do abide by the law of the SEC that when the center is over the ball, they do quit clanging their bells. But honestly, people, it's a cool little gimmick. It gets you on Sports Center every now and then. But can't y'all just be loud like everybody else and use your voice? Do you need some enhancement? It's kind of like you have um, – voice dysfunction instead of erectile dysfunction function where you can't get it up you'll have to use um some props you know this uh the cowbell is like a marital aid for your sports game so it's your it's your sports aid but 
you know, it's a cool little tradition. Nobody else does it. Uh, I just think it maybe y'all should try to be loud without using a, a device. So, uh, the games last week, um, we all, Aaron picked up a game on us because everybody, Danny and I picked the exact same way. Uh, Aaron only had one difference, and that was the LSU-Florida game, and obviously Florida won. So Aaron has moved back up. I believe he's like five up on me. Uh, next time we do a show, I'll, we'll tally this up and get a true number. I think he's like one or two. I think he's two or three up on Danny maybe, but the LSU-Florida game was just ridiculous. Um, yeah. Joe Burrow, uh, I can see why he left Ohio State. I mean, you're this many games into it. All I can say, think, too, is what other quarter? What what's so wrong with the quarterbacks already on LSU's roster? I mean, the kid that played last year, um, I don't have his name off the top of my head, but uh, he's from Bay St. Louis, Mississippi. He looked like a good pocket passer and looked like he had some talent when he got on the field last year. And if Joe Burrow doesn't have the lead, he's not going to throw you in a comeback. I mean, he's not going to throw for a comeback. And then uh, LSU's defense just looked the worst it has all game. And, uh, I mean, just they scored on that opening drive, went bang, 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 and went down and scored. And then it was like they forgot what they did on that. But I give it to Florida. I, I think they're – I keep thinking they're overrated, but they keep winning. So they obviously uh, – I mean, you just beat the number five team in the country. Now a lot of people are going to say now the LSU was overrated, but – there's no overrating that defense. LSU's got a monster defense. It's just they don't have a quarterback that can come back and get them a win. Um, the South Carolina-Missouri game, we all took Missouri. Probably should have been Missouri until the skies opened up. And, you know, Missouri likes to throw the ball. And you, what's one thing you really can't do when, the, when it's pouring so bad that you can hardly see? And that's throw the ball. Uh, Missouri tried to mount a little comeback. It just didn't happen. Well, they did, I forget. And then South Carolina kicked the last-minute field goal. But uh, I think the weather played a bigger part in that game than the talent on the field probably. I mean, those teams were were evenly matched. But I think in a, in a weatherless day, Missouri probably wins by a touchdown. And here they lose by the field goal. Uh, I saw the spread, the over-under for Ole Miss – UL Monroe was 91. I actually thought they covered it, but I think they're at 91 right now. I forget. It was it was somewhere between 90 and 92 for their over-under. I was like, there's no way they're getting close to that number. And then Ole Miss went and scored 70 points. So you got to give it to Ole Miss. When they, they can score points against inferior opponents. We'll give them that much. I mean, I just saw something today. Uh, DK Metcalf and um, A.J. Brown are both top 25 players on the big boards of some of these scouts. So, I mean, they've got the talent. Uh, Greg Little's also in, like, the top 30, so they've got a monster left tackle. So, I mean, Ole Miss has the same thing all year, just no defense. And then oh, the Kentucky A&M game, man, I was keeping up with it in the stadium. Uh, I, didn't, I, did, I didn't even really watch the highlights because I was so upset about it. I mean, I, I really, even though I'm a Tennessee fan and Kentucky's a rivalry game, it's just a good story of Kentucky playing good in basketball or baseball, uh, football. I run through all of them before I get to the right one. But, you know, A&M, they're a little, they're a lot better. Well, now they're a little bit, they're better than what I was thinking they were at the beginning of the year. And talked about that on previous shows, you know, just a new coach coming in and lighting a fire up under them kids again. But, um, 
I think this was a game where Kentucky, you know, Florida's got athletes too. A&M does too. Maybe their athletes just mashed up a little bit better. But I think uh, Kentucky's quarterback is probably going to have to be able to throw the ball just a little bit better than what he currently is. Because if he gets a, you know, he gets on these defenses that are um, uh, as as athletic as he is, then um, you know he's going to have problems. He just it needs uh, you got to have a little bit of throwing to soften up a defense. Uh, but that was a tough break for them. I mean, the fumble and then fumble scoring overtime uh, it was just bad. Georgia Vanderbilt about what everybody thought he was. Georgia blew him out. Uh, Mississippi State Auburn. I was at this game. Me and Danny and Aaron were but all three of us at this game. Like I said, going into it, there wasn't a lot of hope for Mississippi State. I mean, all, Danny had been watching Auburn. He knew how bad the offense could be. I will say it's it's not fun when you're in a stadium and three big plays hinge on replay review where the camera angles just don't line up. Um I would say with the proper camera angles, the so Nick Fitzgerald going into the end zone and getting called back because his elbow down, good call. The video was right there. The Mississippi State fans around me were just, uh, let's just say, idiots. There's a reason I like to watch football at home on the TV, and it's because, and I've probably been guilty of this myself, but when you're looking at video and it's clear that his elbow is down, don't keep yelling, he's on top of the other player. Not every pass play is is pass interference. Like, come on, people. But I had to deal with that a little bit. Um, But, yeah, so that one was called. They called him in, then they brought it back, which is the right call. But the next one where Fitzgerald was stuffed on a – I believe it was a fourth down. It was the end of the first half. It would have ended – it would have ended the quarter or ended the half. Uh, the replay. How is the SEC a multi multi million dollar conference and can't get? Now I understand it's um, ESPN and the SEC network that bring in the cameras and that's what they use. But the the SEC and all these big leagues they need to invest in some cameras that point just. There should be three cameras, three cameras on the goal line or on the end zone. You need a pylon cam or just a camera that runs straight down that line on either side. And then you need one from up above because Fitzgerald's back was to the camera. So you couldn't see where the ball was when he was down, but I'm, and and Danny was getting upset because I mean, he looked down, but you couldn't see where the ball was and the state fans all around him. Like he's in, he's in. And I told Danny, I was like, you're probably right. He's probably not in, but they don't have the camera angle for it. So, uh, how the SEC just doesn't fix this problem and it keeps coming up, I don't know what I don't know what's wrong. It's it's not like they don't have the money to pay for four extra cameras. Um, also, the Auburn player fumbling the ball at the back of the end zone, or he didn't fumble at the back of the end zone. It was recovered in the end zone by Mississippi State. Um, it looked like he was well over the goal line when that ball came out of his hand. Um, and once again, they just all the angles were from behind, so you couldn't tell exactly where the ball was in uh, relation to the goal line. Um, that's a 14-point swing. It keeps seven points of Mississippi State off, and it gives Auburn seven. That's a 14-point swing. Um, at one point before the garbage time touchdown, which pushed it up to it was, 
so that was seven points. So it was 16 to nine. Um, honestly, Danny and I thought it should have been about 13 to 12 Auburn at one point. So yeah, you hate to see games like that go down to the officials and you know, it's not their fault. They're doing the best they can with what they've got. They can't overturn a call without the video replay. So, uh, I hate that they get put in that position because with just with a couple more cameras, they could have got that. And I'm sure next week, um, when I get them on, if I get them on, um, together, I don't know. It might be like last week where we do two separate episodes, but I'm sure we'll talk about it because both of them complained about the officiating, uh, the prior week. So, but let's move on to week number seven, already flying through the SEC schedule. Okay. So I'm going to go how they did it. And they both started off started off with the Auburn Tennessee game and surprise, surprise, they both picked Auburn. Um, I like this pick. Uh, Tennessee is coming off a bye week. They were able to get some players healthy, really game plan for Auburn. And then um, they were able to watch the game film of what Mississippi State did to Auburn. Uh, Tennessee doesn't have that kind of quarterback. And, in fact, Jeremy Pruitt made a comment about how Nick Fitzgerald was going to be really sore the next day or two because he ran like that in an SEC defense. I mean, obviously worked. Uh, Mississippi State stuck to the run. They had like 300 yards of rushing offense against Auburn. Tennessee just doesn't have that kind of offense or uh, the quarterback to run that. Um, I'd like to see Tennessee do a little something different on first downs. I think we've ran the ball like 76% of the time on first downs. We've kind of become predictable. But I I think Auburn wins as well. I think it could be a close game, but – uh, Tennessee beat writers are already talking about a good loss against Auburn. So at this point, Tennessee's just trying to stay close, maybe steal a win. But we're trying to show some improvement on uh, energy, uh, technique, effort. That, that's where Tennessee's trying to get right now. We don't want these players to quit. So Pruitt's trying to watch that. But I'm going to go with them and pick uh, Auburn over Tennessee. But I think it's going to be close. The next game they did was Florida and Vanderbilt. Um, I don't think there's any any reason to think Vanderbilt wins. Maybe at the beginning of the year when they played Notre Dame close. You know, Notre Dame's like number five team in the country. Vanderbilt almost beat them. Uh, except for, I wouldn't say questionable play calling, but some execution down the stretch. Uh, Vanderbilt very well could have beat Notre Dame and Notre Dame. But since then, uh, I think Vanderbilt's kind of had the air let out of them. Uh, this could be one if if – he doesn't win a few more games. This could be the year for uh, Vanderbilt's head coach. I think he'll probably get one more, though, unless they just lose every game from here on out. But it's in Vanderbilt. I just don't think uh, there's any way you can pick against Florida with the way they've played the last couple of weeks. So I'm going Florida as well. Uh, the next game is Georgia-LSU. At LSU – it's the 2.30 game, so that means it's a CBS game. Uh, they are both going with Georgia. I like the pick. If LSU beats Florida convincingly, I may have second thoughts about this. It is in LSU. It's a day game, not a night game, though. Um, this is probably going to be the first real test for Georgia, so we'll, we'll see what they're made of. But Georgia has the athletes 
to run with LSU's. Uh, but like, like I said, this will be the test for Georgia, the first early season test before they get to Auburn. And then Alabama, oh, they still got to play Kentucky too, which we'll see about that. But that game's looking a little bit less since they lost to A&M. But I want to be – I just don't trust Joe Burrow to pick LSU. If Joe Burrow would have shown me anything against Florida – I may be I may be picking that I may be picking the upset, but I'm gonna go with Georgia with them as well, just because I believed in Burrow once this season and he bit me in the butt. So Georgia. Next we have AM South Carolina. It's in South Carolina. This is one of the new rivalries the SEC has created uh, when they brought in Missouri and AM for the cross divisional matchups. I think they play for the Davy Crockett award or something. It's got something maybe the Coonskins cap. I don't know. I don't know. They they're doing something with Davy Crockett, but the way A and M has played and as poor South Carolina has looked, I don't know if Jake Brantley's playing or if it's going to be his backup. But um, I'm going to go with A and M as well. So we've picked all the games similar so far. Alabama, Missouri. The only question there is, will Alabama cover whatever point spread it is? I haven't even looked, but uh, Alabama looks to be the most complete team in the country. I mean, yeah, they let 31 points get scored against Arkansas, but that game was well in hand when they started doing that, and Saban's already on that. Um, that's scary to think that Nick Saban has finally put together an offense at Alabama, and if he can uh, just get just a little more handle on his backups on defense. I, I don't think anybody in the country can touch him, honestly. Um, there's going to have to be a game where Tua – and I think we're getting to the point where Tua is going to have to play a complete game. Um, I don't know when you do it, but he it's hard because they haven't handled too much adversity, and you don't want to get him hit where he gets out, but – when you make it to Atlanta, when you make it to the Iron Bowl, when you make it to the playoffs, he's going to have to play full games. And uh, last year in the championship game, he only played the second half. This year he's playing the first quarter, maybe the first half. He's definitely not playing in the second half. I think Alabama needs to get him in to play a full game um, just just for him to do it so he knows he can do it. Uh, but, yeah, I'm picking Alabama. Uh, Ole Miss, Arkansas. It's in Arkansas. I'm going to surprise you people. Aaron and Danny have picked Arkansas to win. They're calling it a bold pick. I'm going with Ole Miss. I, it could be a toss-up game. I don't know. But I've got to pick up a game somewhere and if I I'm too chicken to call LSU over Georgia but I definitely I'm definitely not chicken in calling Ole Miss over Arkansas uh, Ole Miss just put up 71 points Arkansas yeah they did put up 31 against Alabama but when you're running against the third and fourth string you should score even if it is Alabama but I'm going with Ole Miss as I mentioned before they've got their two receivers they've got their tackle um I mean, it, it, this could be a game where they really do score 50 points apiece, but uh, Arkansas's offense isn't really built to do that. We'll see what their defense does against Ole Miss, but um, I'm gonna once again, I'm going to take Ole Miss over Arkansas. They're taking Arkansas over Ole Miss. So just to recap, um, everybody's picking 
Everybody's picking Florida over Vanderbilt. Everybody's t- picking Auburn over Tennessee. Everybody's got Georgia over LSU. Everybody's got A&M over South Carolina. Everybody has Alabama over Missouri. And Danny and Aaron have Arkansas over Ole Miss. And I have Ole Miss over Arkansas. Uh, so that's where we're at. Sorry this is such a short show. Like I said, I couldn't get them on. This is just episode's going to be a one-man band. I may start doing this a little bit more if I can't get these guys on with our schedule starting to heat up a little bit. But uh, that's where we're at. And like I said, next week I'm hoping to get the guys on. We want to talk about the tailgate we did, uh, Aaron being such a great host and everything. But I think that's going to do it. We're about to head up to Auburn for the Tennessee-Auburn game. That's right, I want to bring that up. Uh, Danny and myself and two of our friends, Dan and um, – Hallett are heading up to the Auburn-Tennessee game. We're going to be on site for that this week. Uh, hopefully we'll have a report of that on our next show, and I'll be able to tell the difference between Auburn and Tennessee fans and see which one's the better fan base. So that's going to do it for us. We'll see you all next time at the Lodge. <laughs>